Hey guys, Party here. Welcome back to the Baseball Dad Show. I am back in New Jersey after a uh, tour de force through uh, Tampa, Orlando, Atlanta. Actually, Atlanta, Tampa, Orlando, and then back to Atlanta. Two stops in Orlando. Very quick, in and out each city, very fast, lots of fields, uh, hotels and flights, and but all good and, and a good trip. Um, and just finished my morning run, as you guys listened to in the last podcast, huge part of my morning routine, if you listen to the one, uh, the last one on ADHD. And for everyone that replied and responded to that episode, I will, I will respond to all of you, just kind of working through those responses as I'm just getting back. And um, I'm definitely going to work on some resources. I'm trying to figure out kind of how all that looks right now. There'll definitely be a, a book that I'm working on, but uh, more to come on that for sure. So today I want to talk about a message I sent to my subscribers yesterday about making adjustments in a pitching lesson. Now, I, I got a lot of feedback, you know, a lot of feedback from people that, you know, were kind of like, yeah, that's exactly how it goes, or I never realized that before. And I'm going to, you know, kind of see what the difference is and how that transfers over to the game for my son. And then obviously from the lesson people who are defending what they do. Now, I've heard these this defense for years. I mean, we've been talking about this for 14, 15 years. And so there, when a coach says, no, I can change things in a lesson. Like I had a kid come in that was doing this and we worked with it. And then by the end of the lesson, he was doing something different. Well, I don't doubt that. I don't, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that the kid was able to alter his throwing mechanics while he was isolated in a bullpen or in a pitching tunnel. I don't doubt that at all. What I doubt is that it does the pitcher any good. So I use an analogy in yesterday's email talking about how when I do coaches clinics, I'll make a bet to a coach and ask him if he could pretend he has a cold. So um, I got a few people who said that was a terrible analogy. So let me give you another one. I'll, I'll concede that. Okay, bad analogy. I don't think it is, but I'll, I'll give you that. Here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to pretend you, you you have like a peg leg and you're going to swing your leg and kind of walk with a limp like a you know kind of like a pirate would walk and you're going to swing your leg big out to the side i want you to walk like that all day actually you don't even have to i want you to walk like that for an hour and see what happens now if you were walking in front of me i could you could do that i could coach you and say that's it keep swinging the leg Keep swinging like, that's it, that's it. Swing it like a pirate, come on now, like a pirate. That's it, looking good. See, you got it, right? Now, the problem is the minute you left that pitching tunnel, that bullpen, and someone said, hey, Paul, yay, or, or someone asked you a question, or you were stopping at the soda machine to get something to drink, and you walked away, I promise you, what would happen is your natural walking patterns would emerge because they're patterns. In fact, um, the way we move can be so patterned that there's actually like, um, you know, like in surveillance, um, like in surveillance video where they're, they're, you know, like when you go into like Las Vegas or airports or stuff like that, they can actually, a gate, the way people walk is so unique, they could, that almost has like a signature to it. And so there's a pattern there, right? But those can change if you're developing patterns. So the distortion comes when everybody has a faulty premise. So the pitching coach says, oh, we need to tweak this. Come in for a lesson, we'll tweak this. He has the kid walk like a pirate for 40 minutes, a half hour, whatever it is. And he turns to the dad and says, see, see, he's got it. He's got it. He just needs to bring that to the mound. He just needs to, to do that and say, okay. So the pitching coach 
thinks he made a change. The, the dad says, oh yeah, I saw the change. And then the pitcher is like, okay, so if I walk like this, I'm walking like a pirate? Yeah, yeah, you got it, okay. Now the kid goes out to the mound, and what I hear all the time is he's forgetting his mechanics. He, he forgot what the coach told him. We need to go back. He, he, they go back to the lesson, and they say, well, you know, he, he was doing it here, but then when he got to that, he just he forgot about it. He couldn't focus on it. No, that's not what happened. No. What happened was the minute there was a batter in, an umpire, a, a situation, another team, the fans, he fell back to his patterns because those are the patterns that are ingrained and have been trained. If you want him to fall into different patterns, you need to retrain different patterns. Now that requires a few things. That requires repetition at a level that doesn't take throws out of the arm. It requires um, the pitcher to do it, not unconsciously, but it has to give the pitcher a target. It has to give the pitcher something to go towards. Um, th there does need to be a coach there to guide along, but not a coach to stand there and make tweaks. And so over time, you can change the patterns of your delivery. It's not something that can be changed in a lesson or can be forced or willed. So when you're walking like a pirate and you're concentrating on it, you're using, you're, you're consciously focused on it. You're, you're w using willpower, you're forcing that movement. And so it, it appears that it's something that you can and should control. So the distortion sets in when the pitching coach is telling the kid to do something and the pitching coach thinks he can change it. Now, whether the pitching coach is full of it or not, I don't know. But if you're listening to this and you're a pitching coach and you're gonna take money from a kid when you know that the things you're saying is just, you're just playing warmer, colder. You're just, you're just trying, you're hoping and you're duct taping that the kid can force it. You know the kid's gonna leave now and the patterns are gonna reemerge because you're not changing the patterns. So if you can do that and sleep at night, well, God bless you. I don't know. That will be your that will be uh, your issue to deal with. But the the parents fall into the distortion because they see the change, right? The kid falls into the distortion because he he feels like he was able to do it. So he feels like he has the capability and the talent to do it. And then the distortion kind of creates it almost we thingify it, right? We make it like this is how this works. You can make this change and you should take it to the mound and you should be able to focus in on that change while you're pitching. Well, I'm going to tell you that there's just no way a pitcher can divide their mental energy into controlling their pitching mechanics. Let's say even if a kid's throwing 50, 60, 70 pitches a game, control his pitching mechanics and worry about all the things that a pitcher has to do to compete, right? Forget it. Just think about the X's and O's, right? Picking his pitch, picking spot, picking location, evaluating different hitters and all that. That's just kind of the the X's nose of the game. But now when you start to think about, well, what's the mental emotional aspect of the game that the pitcher has to handle? So you, what you're asking the pitcher to do is you want him to go into a game, have all the emotions, fear, anxiety, worry, even adrenaline pump up, even, even being confident, right? All those feelings that a young man would have, right? That's 22 and under. And then you want him to be able to look, you know, look at the hitters he's facing, come up with a plan, throw efficient pitches, throw multiple pitches, use strategy, work in and out, be able to deal with whatever happens like in the game as far as his endurance to pitch in those innings. And then you also want him to focus on mechanical movements. Bear in mind, 
that some of those movements happen in like less than the blink of an eye from like one 500th to one 750th of a second. We have guys who are talking about tweaking release point. Guys are talking about guys are telling me while well, my coach is working on hip and shoulder separation. So I, I believe the, the measurement was hip and I could be wrong on this, but a hip and shoulder separation is one 500th of a second, like, or one 250th of a second, I think. And so that happens e either way. It's fast, right? So if you think that you're making a change on something that happens that fast, if you're a coach and you actually are believing that and you're actually telling kids that, we, sh we should stop pitching coaching. We should call Elon Musk or, or call NASA and tell them we've got one. We've got a guy who can make changes on things that are happening that, that the human eye can't even um, that can't even process, right? If you're not going to go to Elon Musk or, or NASA, um, at least go to Vegas, right? Go have a good time with, with, your, with, your, with your Rain Man-like ability, right? So the, 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 what happens is when the, the dad will say, well, he did a lot of drills working the hip and shoulder separation. I don't doubt that he did drills. I don't doubt that, um, that he took him through some, some, some themed activities. Right. But I'm going to tell you that if those activities are working on just that movement, isolating that movement and not working that movement in integration and pattern development, you didn't work on that. You didn't work on that. So what you did is you did a bunch of activities that were themed around one movement of the delivery. You did not do anything that would ingrain patterns. And, and also any time that you isolate and you're isolating anything that doesn't include from the first movement to the last movement, you're 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 taking the, the pitching you're pick, taking the pitching delivery and you're picking it apart, and you're focusing on something because a lot of times because it sounds good, because it sounds like something good to work on, right? And you can certainly create drills on it. We can certainly do that. That's that's not a problem to do. Um, any coach can do that. And the 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 whole thing that that this relies on this distortion relies on is that the dads don't know the difference. And then you get a you get a coach who maybe has um, some credentials, or a little bit of a reputation, um, or had some playing experience, and you stick them with a dad who maybe doesn't know and it doesn't feel like is in the place that he could challenge or question. Then that's when you're gonna that's when this distortion can flourish. So um, I'm sure this will generate a lot of feedback too. Um, if you guys have any questions, um, you can certainly text um, or call me, and those and those are all in the show notes. Uh, all right, guys. See you on the next episode. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for baseball dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to baseballdadsbook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.